Inspired Execution is a podcast where tech leaders from global enterprises discuss their journey to scaling multi-billion dollar businesses. Chuck Kapoor is chairman and CEO of Datastax, with more than 20 years of experience working with global enterprises. Join us to hear about the experiences and mentors that played a role in their growth. Mark McLennan spent close to three decades at Unilever, leading the consumer goods company's global digital transformation efforts into the powerhouse that it is today. Now as CIO of Burberry, Mark leads IT at the luxury fashion house, a retailer renowned for its extraordinary creativity and innovation. In this episode, hear from Mark about his colorful professional journey, from canned fish to luxury retail. The importance of having a variety of experiences to give you a well-rounded perspective, and how to leverage technology to create brilliant luxury customer experiences, both online and offline. Hello, Mark. How are you? Chet, I'm fantastic. How about you? Doing great. Super excited uh, to connect with you today. Uh, looking forward to having a conversation about you. My favorite subject. Um, So you spent two decades at Unilever and now uh, at Burberry as a CIO. Tell us a little bit about your journey. So the, I mean, I was actually at Unilever for about 29 years. So it was a a long stint. Being at Burberry about three and a half. I think one of the mistakes people make sometimes, Chess, is to try and make it sound like it's a very structured, planned out career that 30 years ago I decided on this path and, and this role. And to be honest, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, for me, it was much more about just following my passion and always wanting to do a little bit more, pushing myself, try new things. Um, and that was always the sort of theme of my career. So I was lucky enough to live and work in the UK, in Italy, in France, in the US. I worked in different functions. So I had a chance to work. I started, in fact, I started in finance, worked as a marketeer for a few years, worked in strategy and leadership, um, and then a huge chunk of the career in uh, IT. Uh, went from you know, my first role at Unilever was in the wonderful world of canned fish, which was a uh, strange place to start. Uh, And then I finished up in luxury retail. So a real colourful journey. Um, But I do think there's a a serious side to it. I do think that that variety gives you an amazing perspective as you go through your career as a CIO. I do find lots of CIOs have a similar kind of slightly random-looking career path where you've done lots of different business roles, different countries, different cultures, and I think it gives you a real value to impart to a business because you can walk around a problem. You don't just see it from one perspective of technology. You can see it from a a customer and consumer point of view, you can see it, you know, from a commercial point of view, etc. So, uh, so it's been you know, it's been a, a colourful journey uh, along the way, I have to say. This is um, it's very interesting, right, Bankets? I carry on around this uh, all the time, which is, you know, you can read about the functions, you can talk with the people that do the functions. But those are very different from actually doing the functions yourself, right? I mean, shipping a product, selling a product, supporting a product are very different in a tech company 
than actually saying, let me get a perspective on what you do and give me your perspective so I can better serve you. It seems like that has been a, a cornerstone for you know, b- your years of experience and bringing it to Burberry. Is that fair? Uh, say that. That's totally fair. That's, uh, that is totally fair. So, you know, I was telling someone the other day the story of, you know, some of the time I spent with the marketing community in Unilever. And it, again, you can spend lots of time reading about marketing and branding as a, as a, as a discipline, as a subject. But to actually sit in a hut in rural India talking to consumers about how they wash the dishes or clean teeth or, you know, where do they get a sense of pride from? Uh, what things are special to them? Those things are life-changing for me, Chet. You know, and it, it, it just gives you an insight into people and what makes people tick that you can take back to craft better products, better experiences, to orient a team better. You know, th- those kind of things, are, you know, I think are wonderful experiences to go through. So I do think you have to experience some of that. That ex- set of experiences I would have missed so much uh, if I hadn't done that. What came easy and what was hard? You know, in my eyes, you know, business is a contact sport. And um, you know, one of the things that, that's always been clear to me is um, you know, to get things done in business, you've got to have a, a passion for people. You've got to be happy to work with people. Um, I, I never forget some very early advice I got in my career and I'll change the language because it was a little bit colourful when I got the, the advice. We, we were in a, a group of graduate trainees, and uh, one of the lecturers said to us, you know, you're all aspiring to be future leaders. He says, I'm going to save some of you a lot of time and pain. He says, if you don't love working with people, stop now. <laughs> he says, stop now because you're going to cause yourself and other people so much pain if you don't have a passion for people. And that is something that's stuck with me early on. And it's something which I found easy. I didn't know I would find it easy, but I did find it easy. And it's something that's sort of stayed with me throughout. In terms of what was coming through as tough or you know, what are the hurdles, I think I think business is just about hurdles generally. I mean, you know, business is tough. Winning is tough. And, you know, first and foremost, I think what you've got to have to get through that is a is a sense of passion and belief in what you're doing. And, um, you know, I, I look at some of the really tough times I've had throughout, throughout my career, you know, the ups and downs from you know, 30 years ago to, to even you know, the last year, what the first thing it gets me through is that passion and belief in what I'm doing. Um, secondly, I, I also think there's something around just surrounding yourself with great people. You know, we, you know, going through all those hurdles is so much easier when you have great people around you. And then the other part for me is um, the roles of coaches and mentors, which um, is something I didn't realize until much later in my career. But, you know, I was so lucky from early doors all the way through to today, having great mentors in businesses and great coaches and leadership coaches who have helped me along the, the way 
helped me to be at my best more often, uh, sort of held up a mirror to me. And that was that was so important to me. Um, as, you know, I was what the first in the family to do A-levels, first to get a degree, first to work abroad. So, you know, some of it was new ground for me. Um, and, you know, to have those people helping me um, over those hurdles and even smash through the hurdles, I, I think was super important. And then also it, it underlines to me the importance of being a coach and a mentor because th- there's so much tough ground ahead in business life. That I do think it's really important for all of us to take on a coaching and mentoring role with those around us. And I have to say, I still learn more from doing that than I um, than I probably impart to people. I, I just find it's a it's a great way to keep your own skills fresh and your own perspective on leadership fresh and how you get through these challenges just by talking uh, through these things with other people. You know, a lot of people don't make this point, but almost anybody who does it, right? Whether they do it. Um, they do it outside their professional life, right? Because they want to give back to society or whether they would do it in their professional lives. Um, they, they will all tell you if asked the question, do you, you know, beyond the satisfaction you get on giving back, does it make, does it make you a better person? And do you learn something about yourself and you nailed it, right? I mean, every time we do this, um, we're also learning a little bit more about ourselves through those conversations. I thought um, I thought that was a very great insight. Technology is changing the shopping experience, right? And it's happening across the board. You talked a little bit about Unilever, uh, obviously now at Burberry with uh, with a top luxury brand. Um, so, give us your perspective on how technology and data has started to shape the customer's buying experience. I mean, I think there is. Uh, a revolution with tech and data, and we, we all know that. Um, you know, one of the many things that, that tempted me to join Burberry was, you know, Burberry's always been a, a brand of firsts. It, it's built on a belief of uh, creativity and the power of creativity to open spaces and you know, create possibilities. Um, it, it's very much a you know a, a do and learn and experimentation type culture, which which I love. Um, and I think, you know, historically, we, you know, we've been pioneers in creating compelling experiences uh, in terms of brand experiences, digital experiences, in-store, socially. And I think we've done this um, in Burberry over the last decade, you know, and I think we've got a, a strong reputation for that. For me, all this leads to this moment now where we tie all these pieces together. And uh, you know, one of the things we've done recently is a, a store in Shenzhen in China. This is you know, a social retail uh, store where we've connected everything into one long-term relationship. So we've taken the success stories we've seen over the years in those different areas. And with, with social retail, we're tying all this together into one cohesive experience which lives in perpetuity and it actually grows over time with the customer so it's no longer about those separate experiences i spoke about before it's about bringing all of those together not as one-offs but as something that's that's constant it's something um that's more of a journey and it's something that's, that's sort of a deeper relationship 
you know, for us, it, it's still really early days, but I have to say it, it's it's so exciting to see what we can do. And when we were talking about where to do this, where do you innovate around social and retail? It had to be China. You know, so um, China was just the obvious place for us. It's the home of the most digitally savvy luxury customers. And we were lucky to have a, a really great relationship with our partner Tencent. And we've, you know, we've pioneered with them a new concept, which we believe will redefine expectations in luxury retail. Uh, and this is just, you know, for us, a, a fair step in this exclusive partnership between our companies. And for me, you know, the social retail store in Shenzhen, it's a, it's a place of discovery. You know, it's a place that, that connects and rewards those customers that, that engage with us um, online and in-store because those journeys are so much more fluid now. And technology and data are just enabling us to blend those experiences more and more. So, uh, you know, for us, it's, it's, it's something really, really exciting. And it is that customer journey and that customer experience, which is the end goal. And, you know, with any kind of experiment, I think you, you're bound to hit these bumps in the road with, you know, you've worked in, in tech long enough, Chad, to know there's always bumps in the road with tech and data. But I think when you have that North Star of that brilliant, luxury customer experience it sort of pulls everything together it helps us to prioritize it helps us to focus so that whole shenzhen experience for us it's still early days but that's been uh, really exciting to see the art of the possible and just to challenge ourselves to evolve how we see the customer and and those experiences we create what has been more challenging going back to your the people aspect of this my hypothesis is it's it's actually more challenging for us to think about the art of the possibilities than for our customers to, because they are living in that world. They're living in that mindset. Have you found that to be the case, which is your customers actually are fairly accepting of social retail, but, you know, getting there is something that, you know, we have to expand your own minds into delivering that experience. Totally. Look, look at and. I think we have a little advantage that we are very customer-centric in Burberry. So we talk about the customer a lot across all the functions. You know, it's one of the big subjects in IT, in, in the digital team. We, we all talk about the customer. I think the, um, you know, the barriers quite often I see uh, in the industry to great customer experience are just some of the old siloed, structures and behaviors and part of the baggage that we all bring with us chat you know i i, I think about you know some of the things that, that we did in in the last company that it was often the thing that got in our way was ourselves <laughs> so it wasn't even it wasn't even the competition we were the we were the greatest competition to ourselves just slowing ourselves down Coming into Burberry, I think we've got that advantage that we are customer focused. But you do have to evolve how you see the customer because I think there's, you know, I still think there's a, a tendency for people to talk about in store, online, you know, those kind of things as separate entities rather than just different perspectives on 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 a journey. 
And you know, we I think we just got to keep reminding ourselves of that. I think ultimately, though, there's something about you know. I, I gave you the example before about um, you know spending time in favelas in Brazil or in huts in uh, rural India or in uh, small apartments in Tokyo to under to understand consumers. I think there's something about understanding luxury consumers, and it doesn't matter what the industry is. You know, understand your consumers live that life and understand what's important to them. That, for me, it, it can't be an academic thing. You have to really understand how they live and breathe and what's important to them. And that, that's sort of the unifying factor. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a phenomenal experience to uh, go to the Burberry store in London. It was just, uh, it was awesome. At Burberry, um, you've used AI to enhance your sales and customer relations. And it's, you know, AI now it's showing up in... NML is showing up in many places in the consumer world, right? And uh, so is there um, any specific thoughts on, you know, what you've already done and where you think you're going with it? The use of data generally to drive insight and whether it's artificial intelligence, machine learning, analytics, generally, I think it's on everyone's agenda. We've been a pioneer in the space, in the luxury sector, and we've, yeah, we've had it analytics capabilities for quite a number of years now um, and certainly we've I think we've done some really nice stuff around customer communication and outreach and you know a lot of that stuff has been almost repurposed and you know uh, brought to the front again when we look at some of the tough times we've had with covid which makes you look at businesses in a different way but we've you know we've had to use the power of data and of uh, AI, to, for instance, to identify customers you know, that the store associate, associate should reach out to and offer virtual style appointments. We'll use the data to drive some of those interactions. For me, I, I think you know, one of the important principles, in particular in luxury, is that the technology can't really replace that human moment and that human interaction because you know, luxury customer service is human it is personal and you know i think what we've got to do is is find a way to bring the power of this to the business and to the store associates in particular uh you know for me i you know i think some really exciting stuff we can do in store to bring that power of insight to, to the customer uh, associates the store associates but with without losing that that human touch yeah no for sure for sure um how is um Shifting gears here, how is it going with your teams coping with, you know, uh, distributed uh, work? It's strange for everyone, Chet, isn't it? So people, you know, people talk about the new normal. I think there is no normal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, it, 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 you know, I think there is just you know, whatever it is. You know, for us, um, there's sort of a, you know, a, a set of priorities that, that we always sort of stick to around digital, these digital ways of working. One which is the foundation for us, is just to make sure that everyone's safe. I do th- think we've been lucky in Burberry having, uh, certainly from, I'll talk from an IT point of view in particular, having a, uh, some great relationships across our partner ecosystem because I do think one of the things in these tough times, you need to be able to rely on your close partners. You, know, you and I, have, in fact, have had this conversation. You know, uh, but I think it's 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 really important to be able to reach out to people to get that that help um, because we had to work in such a different way, and it was it was you know it was, it was quite radical for us. 
but we, we were super lucky to have uh, such a strong partner ecosystem and partners who really lent in and wanted to collaborate and help us. So you know, that has been, uh, f- for me, fantastic. But it's also given us a chance with the partners to to look at how do we not just see this as hurdles and bumps in the road? How do we see it as an opportunity to uh, evolve how we work? So, you know, there's lots of things that we're looking at just to, to make um, day-to-day working better. Virtual showroom. So we've got a physical showroom where we display the product. But how do we set a virtual one up so the customers or colleagues that can't travel can still experience these wonderful products and we can bring them to life. You know, we, we've collaborated with uh, Microsoft in uh, in doing this and it, it's been just a great experience. Businesses like ours have fared quite well because we invested so much time in personal relationships originally. You know, so so I, I think about the Burberry relationships I have, the, the, the you know the partner relationships. Like we all work so well together because we know each other. We've spent time face to face. So I, I do think there's the human element that we've we've got to bring uh, back in. It's Mark. Just think about our partnership, right? We've not missed a heartbeat, right? We've uh, we've we keep continuing doing in every everything we can, and and you know you're making good progress and. Uh, we're we're here for each other, so I think that helps. What advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? I think there are, there are a couple of things. I mean, the the first one for me would be uh, don't worry so much. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I was a worrier early in the career, and one of the things I really underestimated, I think, early on, was just how many people along this wonderful journey want to lean in and help you on the journey and as i said early on you know i've had so many wonderful business mentors and leadership coaches right through to now i mean some of the support i get from um you know the burberry team is just phenomenal and i didn't i didn't really see that early on in my career it, it was there but i didn't realize that so i i think that's that's probably one of the big things for me um, that I'd certainly say to myself. The other one, and maybe it ties into the first one, and that's you know, always make sure that you have a source of joy in your life. And um, I could talk for hours about that, but you know, there's something about you know, stopping and smelling the flowers because uh, I do think sometimes we go so fast, especially as technology people, we're in such a hurry. You know, because you know, I do think speed is a proxy for value sometimes. So we we want to do everything so fast. Um, but I, I was saying to a friend recently, I could give you a list of cities around the world that I've touched down in, gone to the local Hilton, dropped a bag off, gone into an office, worked in an office, gone back to the Hilton, gone back to the airport, and come out. And I don't mean, you know, dead end cities with nothing. I mean most some of the most beautiful cities on earth that I never really enjoyed because I was in too much of a hurry. And I I do think there's something about really enjoying every day and just taking joy from everything around you. um, I think sometimes we are in too much of a hurry. I sound very philosophical, don't I, sir? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. That's, that's great. That's great advice, right? Which is, you know, 
don't worry, right? If we can kind of make it part of everything we did when we were younger, I think we would be happier. And it would actually help, like you said, help us smell the roses a little bit more. But by the way, all of us probably have the same stories, which is, you know, let's go and let, let me go to this city for three hours and go to the next city in three hours. And we've not had a chance to actually take the time to get to know the people or the city, right? So I think uh, that's, that's phenomenal advice. Mark, this has been great. Uh, I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you very, very much. Anytime. Thanks, Chet. Great advice. In today's hyper-connected world, moving at the speed of technology can oftentimes keep us from stopping to smell the roses. Mark encourages us to be the best version of ourselves and pay it forward by imparting the younger generations with knowledge and mentorship. And who knows, we might learn a thing or two in return. Mark leaves us with three pieces of advice. Don't worry so much. Don't underestimate how much people want to help you along your journey. And always make sure you have a source of joy in your life. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Inspired Execution Podcast, hosted by Chairman and CEO of Datastax, Chet Kapoor. We have many more guests and phenomenal stories to come, so stay tuned. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the series to be notified when a new conversation is released. And feel free to drop us any questions or feedback at inspiredexecution at datastacks.com.